0: Tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and god lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. When is the last time you read young adult fiction? Now, I recently just finished Death by Kara Swanson and I literally was blown away. Now, it was vibrant, it was memorizing, and I have to say, I was so impressed. Now, the story is the truth about Neverland, told with a different twist. Claire Kenton believes the world is too dark for magic to be real, since her twin brother was stolen away as a child. Now, Claire's desperate search points to London and a boy who shouldn't exist. Now, I found myself so caught up in this retelling of Peter Pan, and even if you don't read young adult fiction like me, I think you're really going to love it. Today on the Trisha Goyer Show, we're talking about the power of story. So many times as we go through life, we just move from moment to moment. You know what I'm talking about. We get busy, we focus on our to do list. I'm raising my hand right here. We forget about the people around us. Even more than that, we don't take time to listen and to care and really to learn from others. But when we pause and listen, I mean truly listen, then we connect. More than that, when we open up our hearts to tell our own stories, we allow others to honestly know us, making a heart connection. So, listening to stories has changed everything about my life. I really can point to one moment when I started listening to stories from World War II that changed everything. Here I was at this concentration camp, and I heard about these American soldiers that liberated Mauthausen Concentration Camp. I got interested in these men, I wrote to them, I was invited to their World War II reunion, And those stories from those World War II veterans shaped my first novels, especially from Dust and Ashes and Night Song. I can clearly point out the different points in the novel where this is Pete's story, this is Leroy's story, this is Al's story. All those stories were pulled into my fiction. Now, it's not just my novels, though, that have been impacted. Listening to my grandparents share about their lives has inspired and shaped my faith. I learned to be thankful as I heard my grandparents share about their struggles during the Great Depression in the late 20s and into the early 30s. Actually, through the 30s, my grandma talks about being born in California and being raised in a boxcar. Yes, like really a boxcar, like the boxcar children. Her dad took a boxcar and made a little house Out of it for his family, she talked about the two beds, one for her parents and one that she shared with her brother. She talks about the little sink that her dad had shaped out of tin and somehow he had gotten running water, piped running water into their little boxcar. Also, I've heard my grandpa talking about living through the Dust Bowl in the early 30s and in fact just this last week i was able to take my three younger kids and i was speaking in kansas and we drove to wheaton kansas or near wheaton kansas where my grandpa lived and it was such an amazing thing now my grandpa passed away in 1999 but i asked him about what it was like growing up in kansas and on the farm he had 11 brothers and well there's eleven kids total. He was one of eleven. But he had all these brothers and sisters. And I remember his stories of, you know, riding down the hill or taking his uh on a wagon. Or, you know, riding down this hill on the wagon and there's a there was a bridge at the end of the wagon and they gotta make sure they They stayed on the bridge and didn't fall into the creek. He talked about riding his pony to school. It was a one-room schoolhouse. It was a couple miles to school. I remember him talking about fishing in the creek and about the wild geese that would come in the property. And they raised corn and potatoes. They had honeybees. They had cows and made cheese and all these stories. I just remember asking him about what it was like being a little kid. And he had a pet skunk. You had a pet skunk, and they actually removed the sack that had all the um, odor. And last week, I was able to take my kids to Kansas. My um, great uncle, he's my mom's, uh, my great cousin, my second cousin, it's my mom's cousin, wrote me and sent me, information where the farm was and I was able to stand there now there's someone else's property now there's a a newer house there's a a newer shop but I was able to stand on that dirt road and think of my grandpa's stories and look down the hill that he would ride the wagon down if we were to find the school it's still standing the one room schoolhouse it's barely standing (laughs) and look at that and think about my grandpa as a little boy five, six, seven all the way up to eighth grade, going to that school and sitting in that classroom. And in that moment, I felt an amazing connection with my grandfather because he had been willing to share his stories. So truly listening to to these stories from my grandparents, from people I know, from veterans has changed so much. And it reminds me that I need to share my stories, and you need to share your stories with others. We also need to mostly, mostly share these stories of faith. And God asks us to do this. He wants other people to be impacted by what God has done in our lives. Psalms 78, two through four says, I will teach you hidden lessons from our past stories we have known and heard, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. We need to take the stories we've heard from the previous generation and share it with our kids. And I was able to do that. With my kids, I was able to stand there and talk about grandpa's stories of growing up, but also about grandpa's faith, how I just remember as a little kid, him, and he didn't become a Christian until later in life, after he was retired. And hearing him pray over his family and sit there in the morning and read his Bible, I'm able to share that with my kids. I'm able to share the stories of faith and who is glorified. God is glorified in what he's continued to do through these generations. So, yes, sharing stories is valuable. And I have a special guest that's also going to talk about this. Who better to talk to us about story than one of the editors of Guideposts magazines? The goal of Guideposts is to connect people with uplifting stories of comfort and hope, prayer, and tools for faithful, positive living. So today I'm talking with Celeste McCauley, who shares her own guidepost story about a time God met her through the angel of a little girl on an airplane. And Celeste also provides tips on how we can listen to and connect with others. And just to clarify, it wasn't an angel, like it was really a little girl who became like an angel to Celeste, sharing hope, during a very hard time when Celeste needed it most. Celeste also in this interview shares three great questions to ask, and I will post those in the show notes. Also, in addition to these questions, Celeste shares ways that we can have stories and share our stories that will stay on the hearts of others. She says, listening is patience. Listening is not jumping in when someone is talking. Listening is is being still. So whether, whether we are listening to someone else, whether we are willing to open our hearts and allow others to truly listen to us, it will make an amazing difference like it's made in my life. I know you are going to love this conversation. Well, today, friends, we're going to be talking about story, the power of story, and how that can change our lives. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest. Celeste McCauley is a senior editor of Special Projects at Guidepost, which reaches 4 million readers. She is in charge of the celebrity cover stories and has interviewed stars, including Jennifer Hudson, Dolly Parton, who I have to say is my favorite, (laughs) Tyler Perry and Amy Grant. She works on the inspiring first-person stories of everyday people that the magazine is known for and helps writers get their ideas onto the printed page. And she lives in New York City. So welcome, Celeste.
1: Hi, Trisha. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And I've been a fan of Guidepost yeah. for so long, and I've written, you know, for Guide. I have one one story that's been in the magazine, but I've done a lot of books with um, Guidepost, and I just love everything about the organization and the heart of the people. I've always had wonderful experiences there. But just start, Celeste, by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up at Guidepost.
1: Sure. Um, well, I grew up in a small town in Pennsylvania near Scranton, Pennsylvania, northeastern Pennsylvania. And um, when I was in college, I had a magazine internship in New York City. And I, I love magazines and mm-hmm. newspapers so much. Um, and uh, I had an opportunity to do some interviewing in New York City when I got out of college. And I had heard that GuyPost had an editorial assistant position open. And I was familiar with them. Also, my great aunt had gotten the magazine and um, had she had known it and known about Norman Vincent Peale and the power of positive thinking. And I thought, okay. Um, I, I had an interview there with the editor-in-chief and um, just fell in love with everything he told me that an editorial assistant would be able to do. It wasn't just Xeroxing and answering phones, but you'd be able to get into fact checking and digging deep into um, people's stories. And that's what I love so much was that Gaipos had this national presence, um, trusted. We were, you know, people trusted us with their stories, with these personal stories. And um, as I dug deeper into it, I, I could not believe how much of, um, People allowed us, open the door to their, to, to their lives to us because they knew that we were there to tell their story, we would treat it with respect, and that our message was to inspire people with their story, to comfort them, to give them hope, to show the kindness in the world, to show how helping others, like they wanted to help others as well as, you know, their neighbors, their friends, their um, people that they uh, saw in church, yeah. um, their, their community, Pe- these people are, you know, our readers are, our writers too. You know, we get our stories from the people who read the magazine as well as from writers, but the people who send us their stories, we would get, you know, pre uh, a lot of internet stuff. We would get a thousand unsolicited stories a week.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: So the mailbags are piling, you know, so and we read every one of them because people had a story. Maybe they weren't a professional writer, but that's where we would come in and um, help shape the story and get it get it into the magazine. Um, so I really fell in love with the fact that we could um, get stories, all kinds of stories, from all people from all different professions, all different age groups, and that the goal of the magazine was to inspire. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what I love, too. And so you mentioned your aunt, my grandma, and she she still lives with me. She's 91 years old. She's a magazine reader. And I remember I would be at our house a lot and every day, like at lunch or even in the afternoon sitting on the couch, you'd always have magazines, but it's so common now. Cause I love magazines too. Like having lunch, I'll have my, you know, my lunch there and I just have a magazine that I'm reading through. And my kids, sometimes if I sit down without it, they're like, aren't you going to grab a magazine? Cause, but that's what I saw my grandma doing. And she's still doing, she's 91 her little bedside table is stacked with magazines and she, including guideposts and she just loves it so much. And I just, I agree that that's what we love about guideposts is the inspiring stories. It's just everyday people who a neighbor helped them or a teacher was inspiring to them or, you know, someone from church made a difference in their lives. And mm-hmm. I think I told, I've told my husband before like what I would love if we just had like a map and a dart and just like, this, this would be my dream job and just throw it at the map <laughs> And go to that town and say, who has a story that I could hear their story? Uh And I know every place we go and I'm sure you feel the same way. Like every person that you're walking by, you're like, I bet there's a story if I talk to that person.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, um, that's one of the things when you see our magazine and again, like, you know, we, we keep saying story is, you know, story. We're about a person's story. Um, You know what happened to them in this particular time in the in the day Mm -hmm. of their life where this situation happened um but everyone has a story I mean really truly when you sit down you can someone has gone through something that um that you might not know
0: absolutely well I have yeah. the one story I had in there is probably 10 years ago and I was on a vacation and I'll, I'm just briefly it's still on the website yes. you could go and read it but I was on vacation with two friends and they were we we're all writers and they were researching mm-hmm. for books and um we went to this uh the Mounthausen concentration camp and heard the stories of the liberation of the camp which mm-hmm. led me to Thinking, oh my goodness, this would be an, an amazing novel. And so I went back and contacted mm-hmm. the organization. Um, and this the event ac- actually happened in 2000. And they got me in cocktail with some of the veterans. And I got a go- invited to go mm-hmm. to their reunion and hear their stories and ended up turning that into my novels, my World War II novels. And then mm-hmm. one um, that's a contemporary novel called Remembering You. But the you know my story was I was just on vacation <laughs> when I heard about uh-huh. these veterans and here I am less than a year later sitting in a room with veterans telling their stories showing me their photos and that has completely impacted my life the types of books that I um, love to write the, the the things that I'm interested in I have boxes and bins of their letters that they've given me. And I just love, you know, and that ended up being my guidepost story that that was there. But every day there's these uh, people that are just being impacted by these little turns of events that help them, encourage them, or even change their lives. And that's what I love that guideposts is helps people to capture those events.
1: Yes. The everyday slice of life story mm-hmm. that you think, Oh, no one, you know, no other media, like, you know, we're, we're used to like the bigger, maybe glitzy things we see on TV or um, what a celebrity is wearing or that's not what we're about. And mm-hmm. we're looking for that everyday slice of life story that maybe there's a mysterious component to it. Maybe um, you didn't realize at the time um, there is this um, person that helped you that, came from nowhere and you don't know where that person, you know, you never have seen that person before. Um, you know, we also do stories on people who are um, going through recovery issues or family members who have people in recovery, loved ones in recovery. It's, and um, talking about how um, they get through that, whether the person they love is in recovery or not. And maybe the, the story of the person who that's the story of a person who isn't in recovery, that is the story, mm-hmm. you know, that's tough. Um, and so many millions of people in our country are going through this. And we do a lot of the addiction and recovery stories. We have a spot on our website that's full of these um, addiction and recovery stories. And speaking of the military, we have a lot of um, people active duty and veterans who read guideposts. Um, the magazine goes to many um military installations across the country and to Walter Reed. Um, We have a, a, so we have a big audience in the military um, community who comes to guideposts for inspiration as well. And another, um, uh, area that we look for stories are forgiveness stories. People are telling us that uh, they would like to read more about forgiveness and how people find forgiveness in their lives. Um, so, yeah, I, there, there's so many different realms of, of, of a guy post story when you, I mean, you, if you look at the lineup of the stories, we try to have a variety.
0: Yeah. And I have the new magazine, which I know mm-hmm. um, that it's, oh, it's so beautiful. It, so it's up to 100 pages now or even over 100 pages. It's full of stories. And there's a lot of shorter little pieces, too. But like you were mentioning, there's, um, you know, one section on overcoming addiction. Um, there's caregivers, which, you know. Well, I mentioned my my 91-year-old grandma <laughs> lives with me. I was like, okay, I cannot wait to read this quick caregiver story. Building stronger families, um, making marriage work, and I just love you know overcoming grief. I mean, all these sections, there are things that everyone is dealing with that we're dealing with on a daily basis. I could, I could point to like four different sections and like this is me, this is me, this is me right now. Um, and so I love how you, you know, where... I think many magazines are like pulling back guideposts is like, no, we have so much to offer and you're doing, you know, even more to, to really inspire your readers.
1: Yes. And thank you for bringing up. Cause we just did a really, um, a big redesign. We freshened up the look and added more pages to hundred pages now. And, you know, when we put the magazine together, we constantly ask ourselves, what would the reader think? Mm-hmm. We're always ask thinking about the, our readers. And where is the spiritual help for the reader? In everything we do, we ask ourselves that. We 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 want to um we look at ourselves as a friend, an ally that will we want to be there to help and inspire and comfort and um and motivate. So um there's a part in the magazine called Continued, How a Story Made a Difference. Yeah, and People keep the magazines for years. Um, they, also, they tell us, like, you, you know, just, you know, recently I read this story. It came to me at just the right time because I was going through something similar to this author. And to me, that is, like, one of the most, like, you know, fulfilling parts of, of what I do, of what we do, that a story touched somebody and inspired somebody to change something in their life to help them in a real-life situation so um it's really inspiring to us too as a t- uh, you know as a staff when we when we see that
0: yeah and th- I love going to that part because they'll talk about this story that I read I'm like oh yeah I read that story too I remember that one <laughs> and it is it is neat to see um how those stories have impacted I'm sure I mean this is such a a small um amount compared to I'm sure the number of letters that you receive from people talking about how stories impacted them
1: yes yes and um Yes, I wish we had more room, but it is, I think, one of the most important features we have in the magazine to show how a story made a difference. Um, And we have some other um, added new features. We have three questions from a faith leader. We had Max Lucado in our first issue, um, so it was great to talk with him and uh, get his perspective on some things that are going on. And um, he's just such an influential, inspirational, motivational leader in the faith world. We're delighted to have him. Um, We have um, a a lifestyle expert, Katie Brown, who has been on TV with a lot of her DIYs and has done lots of cookbooks and um, has had a show on PBS. And I learned from her that she grew up in Guy Post as a a girl in Michigan and um, has a a really um, vibrant faith life and loves the magazine and has called it her moral compass. and uh, so she interweaves her own story with a DIY a craft video. It's really neat to see um, to see that come together too.
0: I love I love when I was like looking through it today um, I'm like, oh, this is a new feature. Oh this is gonna be great. So I know me and grandma we're gonna be fighting over it no I'll, <laughs> I'll let Grandma listen I'll read it first I promise but yeah, it's great. What is the worth of a soul to Christ? Is it the same now as it was 2,000 years ago? In Pillars of Barabbas, author M.D. House shows how the times of the early Christian church differ little from our own, including the treacherous moral and political waters Christ's saints have always had to navigate, with Christ's abiding help. Order this powerful testimonial, Pillars of Barabbas, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And fill the inspiring legacy left to us by those faithful followers of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I would love to hear, um, you know, we talk about every one of us has a story. Do you have a mm-hmm. story that you would say this is my guidepost moment?
1: I do. Um, uh, my dad had been battling cancer for a couple of years and um, it was Christmas and his birthday is on Christmas Eve. And the day before I got a call from his doctor who said he doesn't have long. And I knew my dad was struggling, but I didn't know it was that bad. He of course didn't want to tell his daughter how bad it was. Yeah. And it was always like a tough, very stoic. And um, so the next, uh, I was, had planned to um, get on a flight to Florida where he was on Christmas Eve to visit anyway. And when I heard that he had just three weeks to, about three weeks to live, the doctor said, I thought, how it's going to be really tough getting on this plane. Mm -hmm. How am I going to do it on Christmas Eve? Like it's just, everything was coming at me. So I, I got to the airport and there it was a flight to Orlando that I was going to be on and everyone was very, chatty and happy and um I felt like I just wanted to keep to myself and didn't want to really talk to anybody yeah. it was in a bad place and uh, there was one seat open I thought okay I'll take the seat and I noticed there was this little girl and her and and boy ne- sitting next in the other two seats and they were bouncing around I thought great <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> really kind of wanted to be by myself and um she came right up to me she was in red overalls and said hi my name is emily what's your name where are you going we're going to disney world have you ever been there and just right at me and there was no way i could not answer her she was Mm. adorable and right you know and i said yes i had gone to disney world with my parents and she said well i'm going with my mom but my but not my dad because my dad is in heaven now Mm. we don't you know and i just stopped and i thought wow like if there was anyone who could help me see to get through this i felt like god had sent me this angel named emily to see how much um how grateful i was to have had a dad who taught me how to ride a bike and play tennis and bait a fish hook and here's little emily who couldn't be more than six years old who her dad was in heaven Mm. and um I thought, this is, you know, this is God speaking to me through this angel, Emily, um, and helping me because she, you know, was irrepressible. You know, she was joyful. She was, you know, looking forward to um, a happy time with her mom and her brother at Disney World. So we started talking and, you know, um, she helped me. Like we walked hand in hand down that gateway to the plane and we became little friends on the plane (laughs) and um she's you know asked me what's Disney World gonna be like and I said it's gonna be like a big you know there'd be a flight like you know Dumbo's will be flying around you know you'll be on a Dumbo ride like this airplane kind of and so it was I made a friend with Emily and um it really you know that stuck with me that I was able you know I was able to get through and I was grateful for my dad and I know I would have not had much time with him but I you know I would get through it and I would have you know the support and help of everyone and that I I could get through it and I did because of Emily
0: I love that okay I have tears in my eyes my throat's (laughs) feeling tight right now (laughs) oh my god okay I'm gonna have to talk in a second (laughs) oh I just love that so much and I think see that that just I, I have to say this too I would say many times when I read a guidepost story, you get that tight throat and you get those tears <laughs> in your, eye, your eyes because human emotion touches human emotion. And we all think of our loss. I, When you were talking about that, I thought my grandpa, you know, he was one of my, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love my grandpa. I was always watching Lawrence Wilk with him and cracking walnuts mm-hmm. and like all these things. And I was thinking about his passing as I'm hearing your story. And that's what, mm-hmm. that's what story does is it connects hearts. It connects emotions it. Um, And I just love how that moment you saw this joy in this little girl and you're like, okay, God sent me this, this angel to, to be with me in this moment. And I I love that. I love, first of all, thank you for sharing that story, but I I also love that that's what so much of a guidepost does is just touches our hearts with these stories.
1: Yes. Thank you. It's um, I'm always looking for a story around me. And then there's that one that happens right to me. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, uh, yeah, another thing I want to talk about, too, because I know, I mean, all of us have these moments. And I think sometimes we forget to just, um, you know, take time to hear people's stories and to listen to people. I mean, it would be easy for you to go like, I do not want to talk to this little girl right now or whatever. And Mm -hmm. we've been that way before when, you know, sometimes we get on a plane and we're tired, exhausted or, you know, in the store and someone it's that moment where we can choose either listen and engage (laughs) with someone or we can choose not to, you know, to pull away. Um, so we definitely have those moments. We also have moments where there's people all around us that we just need to take more time to listen to their stories. Cause I know the power of story like we've been talking about and then the power of listening. So I, if you have any tips or how we can just in our everyday lives listen better and, um, kind of connect, with other people around us, even when we feel like, you know, maybe like, I don't want to do this right now. Um, what are some tips for really connecting with people?
1: Yeah. Um, well, listening is patience. Listening Mm -hmm. is not jumping in when a person is trying to, you know, finish their thought. It's, it's really just kind of being still and letting the other person, explain further what they're feeling, what they're doing, what something meant to them. Um, it's, it's definitely, you know, you need to take your time. Yeah. And, um, I was thinking about some of my, um, relatives who are elderly and, um, did I ever ask them, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? Mm -hmm. Um, what's the hardest thing you've ever had to do? Um, what's your go-to place to pray? Um, some questions like we're always thinking, okay, what time are you going to be here? Can I meet you there? What are you making like these day-to-day things? But what about some of those questions that might yield a deeper answer? And um, would that be it'd be nice to remember have those things, have those memories, have those um, words, written down or there's um on if you're on a smartphone there's a voice memo app and maybe think about that maybe put that on when you're talking to a relative or someone you know who you think I think that that might they might have a great story maybe they will you could have it right next to you and put that voice memo on and and you'll get have that and forever hopefully
0: yeah I think that's so important too and I love how you said, you know, it takes patience because we are busy. And <laughs> we're thinking, okay, I need to go cook dinner. I need to, I'm need i thinking of my grandma who's 91 who lives with me. And I, I do like recording. I take her to the porch. And I do like recording her because she'll sing praise songs and sing to Jesus and point out all the flowers. And I'll, I will. I'll just pull out my, usually my video, <laughs> my phone, and just video uh-huh. record her because I know that, um you know, she's 91. We're not going to you know, who knows how many years, but it's not going to be dozens and dozens uh, with her. And it does take just slowing down and not thinking of our to-do list. And I think one of the things that um, helped me when I was interviewing those World War II veterans, what I mentioned earlier, is when I was at that reunion, um, one of the man, men who were there was there had recorded video with Steven Spielberg for his Shoah videos. Mm-hmm. And he said, now, when you're talking to them, and I'd already been having interviews and, you know, we just, I met this, um, this interviewer there at the reunion. He said, but when you're interviewing, if they get choked up, if they cry, um, he's like, don't rush in. Don't rush to yes. the next question. Just sit there and wait. because um, yes. He said, you're going to get the best stories. If you're just patient and you're just waiting, because sometimes we feel uncomfortable with the silence or uncomfortable with the emotion and we'll just want to rush in and just make it better. And he's like, don't do that. Just sit there and wait. And that's one thing that I have learned <laughs> that has helped me so much. And we just need to sit there with people and it might take them five minutes, you know, to, to think about what they want to say or get their emotions um, or they can speak and it's okay. Like, it's such a beautiful thing to do that and to connect with someone in that way.
1: Yes, absolutely. It's almost like people, like you said, are so rushed.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, take a take a take fifteen minutes, take twenty minutes if you can, um, maybe during a holiday meal or after a holiday meal. And um, if you're all gathered there, um, to do that might be might be a, a nice way to you know a nice thing to do at a holiday.
0: I love that. Okay, so I have another question. You mentioned we mentioned in the bio you've interviewed you know, people like Jennifer Hudson and Dolly Parton, Amy Grant. What is something that surprised you when you, just in general, when you interviewed these people that we, I think, all look to as, you know, celebrities?
1: Um, I would say, for Dolly Parton, Amy Grant, Jennifer Hudson, they all have a, a very solid faith foundation, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they just... They, they just are so faith-filled to begin with. They are just people who, um, you know, they're just already so inspiring whether or not they t- they have this talent, right? right? So um, they bring it, I mean, I guess the, the, the thing with, um, I mean, they've all been so down to earth. They have all wanted to talk about the kinds of things that we are asking about how did your faith, help you through this particular situation? How did prayer help you? Did you have a prayer at that time? Um, that maybe other, other, um, places aren't asking them and they are are excited to talk about the kind of story that guideposts would like to do. And, um, you know, these are the stories that have staying power. Um, you might not get the kind of story, you know, anywhere else, but in guideposts of how, um, Jennifer Hudson got through a certain situation. Um, Dolly Parton um, said that she, you know, she grew up with guideposts. She loves talking to us and, uh, you know, loves what the magazine has done and loves story. Here's one of the greatest storytellers of all time in her song and life. And, um, you know, paints a picture with her music. And um, here, you know, to talk with her is a great honor and thrill and, She knows she gets the power of story, the power of a guy post story, you know, our to one of our taglines, taglines through the years has been true stories of hope and inspiration. You know, these are true personal stories. And um, when you hear someone else's story, you think, oh, they got through that. Um, That's the situation I'm in now. Yeah, I get I'm gaining a lot from reading that from their point of view.
0: I love that. I love that. Um when we're able to talk about faith and prayer and hope, it does um, you know, we see these people, the glitz and the glamour, and it's like, no, yes. they just open their hearts and they're very real people. And, you know, I I love and I think that's one thing that I've appreciated too, you know, working with Christian, other Christian writers or speakers, um, even musicians. And when you can share at that level, it's like just a friend. You know, you're just talking with a friend and hearing their heart. And, um, it's different than, you know, seeing them at the Grammy awards or anything. They're able to be who they really are and share where they find their hope and where they find truth. And that is so meaningful. And I love that.
1: Yes. I mean, it's, it's one of the things that I love doing the most is finding this part of a person's life where their faith, um, where they use their faith to get through, um, an obstacle in their life Mm -hmm. and they, you know, share that. And if, and that maybe they haven't shared it with anyone else, but they, they trust the story in our, with us, the magazine. Um, So it's, it's a real joy. It's a, it's a real blessing. And it's, it's inspiring for us too, as staff members, when we can dig deep with these people, with, with everyone, whether you're Dolly Parton or, you know, everyone about how their faith has helped them in their daily lives.
0: I love that so much. Um, Well, Celeste, I am so glad that you've been here. I loved hearing your stories. I love hearing um, kind of behind the scenes of guideposts. And we will put links in the show notes. Um, If someone isn't subscribed or maybe they're like, oh, yeah, my grandma or my aunt subscribed. I want to get a subscription, too. Um, We will have the link there. And you'll love the new magazine Um, and also have links to my guidepost books that I've written. My new one, Miriam, just came out last month. I was able to write um, for the the Ordinary Women of the Bible series. So we'll have all those links. But Celeste, thank you so much for being here and sharing your heart.
1: Thank you so much, Tricia. We're really excited about um, Guidepost magazine and Guidepost stories and all of our inspiring content. We want to keep on inspiring people for years to come with our stories.
0: And I know you will. Thank you. Thank you, Tricia. FBI Special Agent Caden Denning is part of a special task force assigned to catch a serial killer targeting military families. Only he needs Ava Jackson's help to do so. When the killer turns his side on Ava, the investigation turns into a fight to survive. Best-selling author Lynette Easton's newest novel starts with a bang as secrets are revealed and the guilty are brought to justice. Purchase your copy of Hostile Intent wherever books are sold. tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again.